please just welcome, welcome her again. The following is the flowers uh, offering ceremony.
we'd like to introduce to you the next guest speaker, our fellow initiate, Greg Parks. Greg Parks would be uh, uh, sharing with you his experience in meditation. Good afternoon. I'm sure you're all uh, very interested in uh, hearing what Master has to say, so I'll try and be brief. Um, I just wanted to relate some of my personal experience after having uh, been initiated and began meditation with the uh, Kuan Yin method. Uh, I was raised as in the uh, Catholic Church, and uh, even though I had attended church regularly and uh, religious classes, not Catholic school, but uh, I uh, never really got a true feeling of understanding of what uh, the bigger questions of life were all about. Um, it seemed much more ritualistic and uh, um, traditions and that kind of thing didn't really uh, answer my uh, larger questions about life. And then as a young adult I started talking to some friends and uh, they started introducing me to different philosophies like Zen and uh, you know other Oriental or Eastern philosophies. So I started getting some books and this was the first I had ever heard of the concept of enlightenment. Uh, that which uh, had never been presented to me so it seemed like this is really the uh, way to go because all the limitations that I've been learning throughout my life could be erased and I could go to a higher level of consciousness and really you know do something positive. So um, I tried meditation based on what I'd read in a couple of books and I really didn't feel like I was doing anything. I had no direction uh, and some of the books talked about different things that you could achieve. Um, a lot of them were about uh, practices of physical nature, um, developing the body and the mind together. And uh, the achievements of those seemed to be much more in the way of trickery or, you know, um, things like walking on hot coals and that didn't seem to be great uh, achievements. So finally I got a book that uh, talked about a form of supreme enlightenment. They were talking about masters that had reached the great enlightenment. And the difference really struck a chord with me. I really became inspired to set that as my goal. And from that point on, a lot of things that I had to decide in my life became easier because I knew what my goal would be to go towards this enlightenment. But uh, for several years, I had no direction to take to get there. It only talked about the Enlightenment. It did not say anything about what to do until a friend of mine gave me a couple of Master Ching Hai's books. And in those books, the first thing I read was about being vegetarian. And I uh, immediately decided, well, this is easy enough. And I had no argument with what she had uh, presented. It was so logical and clear that I just immediately became vegetarian. But uh, that wasn't, that was more of a lifestyle change. I really wanted to see what the method of attaining enlightenment was like. So I went to Taiwan and I uh, received initiation and from that point on things after you meditate seem to become much more simple, much more you know when there are problems for example when you're working the uh, you really understand that there's not really a problem even though there may be a deadline and it may look like there's going to be a, a disaster deep inside of you, you really understand that there is no problem, even you don't really have to know what the outcome will be, but the, the calm that you get after having meditated, you can bring forward in your daily life, and 
you know, keep a positive attitude with everything you do. Sometimes it's very difficult because people around you are very panicked and, you know, a lot of uh, doomsayers. So you have to sit down and relax and get back to that level of calm that you practice with meditation. And that seems to be the real lesson that I've been learning to this point. I've only been initiated for a little less than a year. But the, the inner calm and the, uh, the reinforcement of your higher nature that you can bring out in your daily life and actually affect people around you when people are getting panicked and they come to you and you have this calm nature, they maybe in their minds are still worried, but for some reason you can help them and take the whole situation into a much more positive uh, atmosphere. So even though we're right across the street from the happiest place on earth, it seems to me that, or I've been learning, that the happiest place on earth is where you make it and where you are and the ability to bring that out from inside of yourself no matter where you are whether you're at Disneyland or if you're you know working on something that seems to have nothing but problems you can get to the happiest place on earth by practicing your meditation and by learning to train yourself to stay in that kind of a uh, consciousness so that's basically my experience so far with the meditation. I have not, like I said, I've only been initiated less than a year, but it really has an overall benefit that uh, if more people in the world would do it, I'm sure we would have a much better place to live. Thank you. Our next guest speaker is another fellow initiate. Please welcome Ms. Yungfa. Kính thưa sư phụ, kính thưa quý quan khách, quý thương quý đồng tu. Hôm nay, hôm nay tôi được hân hạnh đứng trước máy vi âm để giới thiệu cùng quý vị sư phụ của chúng tôi về pháp môn quán âm và về thành quả của tôi sau khi hành pháp này. Honor Master Ching Hai, ladies and gentlemen, fellow practitioners, it is my honor today to introduce you to Master Ching Hai and the Wanyi method as well as the, my spiritual achievements after practicing this meditation method. Kính thưa quý vị, sau hơn 2 năm trước đây, tôi cũng như đa số quý vị hiện diện tại hội trường ngày hôm nay, nghe nói đến một vị thiền sư người Việt Nam đắc đạo tại Hy Mã Lạp Sơn có pháp môn giúp người đạt giải thoát. More than 2 years ago, I like a number of you who are present here today, learned of a Vietnamese Zen master who achieved enlightenment in the Himalayas and who knew of a method that could help people achieve liberation. Óc hiếu kỳ và tinh thần cầu đạo đã thúc đẩy tôi đến dự buổi thuyết pháp của Ngài Thanh Hải Vô Thượng Sư. Đó là ngày 3 tháng 12 năm 1989. Curiosity and spiritual quest compelled me to attend Master Ching Hai's lecture. It was in December 3rd, 1989. Sau pháp hội, một cảm giác lạ bắt đầu nhen nhúm trong tôi. After the lecture, a strange feelings arose in me. Những lời pháp khiến tôi như chợt bừng tỉnh sau một giấc ngủ dài và lúc đó tôi mới thức giác và thực sự hiểu được những điều mà tôi đã tưởng là mình đã hiểu. Her words had awakened me as if after a long sleep. 
And it was then that I became truly awake and truly understood what I thought I had always understood. Nhưng với tính e dè thận trọng, tôi chưa ghi tên thọ tâm ấn ngay sau buổi thuyết pháp đó, mà còn dành một thời gian để tìm hiểu thêm về pháp môn, về người truyền pháp, về lý lịch, về gốc gác, thành quả tu học của Ngài trong quá khứ, cũng như sinh hoạt hiện tại. But due to my own causes nature, I did not sign up for the initiation on that day of that lecture. Rather, I spent some time fighting more about this method, about her teaching like her background, origins, her past spiritual accomplishments, and current activities. Cẩn thận hơn nữa, tôi còn tìm đến trung tâm thiền của Ngài để tập thử pháp thiền phương tiện và quan sát thành quả tu học của các đệ tử của Ngài. Still cautious, I went to the meditation center to practice more the convenience method, the method for the non-initiate, and to observe the spiritual outcome in her disciples. Bởi tôi quan niệm khó có thể xét đoán trình độ của một vị thầy, nhưng nếu là một người thầy hay, ắt sẽ đào tạo những học trò giỏi. Một pháp môn có giá trị, ắt người hành phải đạt được những kết quả tốt. I reasoned that it would be hard to judge the teacher's level. Nonetheless, a good teacher would turn out good disciples. If the method were valuable, the practitioner would be able to obtain good results. Chưa hết, tôi còn thỉnh tất cả những băng thạ giảng của Ngài để nghe với hai mục đích. Một là tìm hiểu về giáo lý, hai là tìm khuyết điểm của Ngài. Moreover, I acquired all Master's lecture tapes. I listened with two purposes. One, to find out more about her teaching, and two, to see whether I could find any faults. Nhưng sau 6 tháng nghiên cứu, tìm hiểu và coi hơn 20 cuốn băng video của Pháp môn Quán Âm về người truyền Pháp, tôi đã đi đến kết luận, quả thực đây là một tránh Pháp, nếu không muốn nói đó là một bảo Pháp. After six months of researching, investigating, and watching more than 20 of Master's videos taped about Wan Yi Method, I concluded that this method was indeed a precious teaching, it was indeed true, precious teaching. Người truyền Pháp đúng thực là một vị minh sư và các đệ tử của Ngài là một tập đoàn có tổ chức, có mục tiêu tu hành chính đáng, giới luật nghiêm minh. The teacher of this method was indeed a true master, and her disciples were an organized group who has true spiritual goals and who kept strict precepts. Và tôi đã gạt bỏ những lời đồn, những dọa nạt bên ngoài để hăng hái ghi danh thọ Pháp. Thus I rejected all rumors and intimidation and eagerly signing up for initiation. Kính thưa quý vị, sau khi thọ Pháp, tôi đã đạt được gì và tiến bộ ra sao? Ladies and gentlemen, subsequent to my initiation, what have been my achievements? How have I progressed? Ai cũng biết rằng, Bước vào tránh đạo là sẽ đạt được sự an vui, thanh thản cũng như những thử thách chui rũa để thăng hoa. Tôi cũng không tránh được những định luật này. We all know that being on a true path implies peace and contentment as well as challenges, challenges and dis discipline. I was not exempt from this. Ngoài sự an vui, thanh thản, tôi cũng gặp những khó khăn, khảo nghiệm đôi khi làm tôi xuống tinh thần, xa sút nhuệ khí tu học. In addition to peace and tranquility, I also encountered difficulties, challenges, which was sometimes discouraged and impeded my spiritual progress. Nhưng nhờ vào những thể nghiệm có được trong thời gian qua, 
đã khiến tôi thêm sức mạnh, tin tưởng mãnh liệt vào pháp môn mình đang theo và người mình đã tôn kính làm thầy. Due to my spiritual experiences, I have gained strength and stronger belief in my meditation method I'm practicing and in the person I revere as my master. Nhờ hành thiền đều đặn, đầu óc tôi trở nên sáng suốt để có thể nhìn xét sự việc một cách sáng suốt hơn, tường tận hơn. Having been practicing meditation diligently, my mind has become clearer. I'm able to examine things more clearly and thoroughly. Biết người, biết ta như vậy, nên hành động bớt sai lầm. Các thói hư tật xấu cũng giảm bớt. Thí dụ như nóng nảy, tranh chấp, ganh ghét, đố kỵ, tham lam. Being more aware of myself and others, I have had fewer mistakes in my actions and bad habits, such as anger, envy, jealousy, greed, have also decreased. Tâm an nên thân xác cũng khỏe mạnh, không bệnh hoạn, đau ốm. Cuộc sống nhờ vậy dễ chịu và an hòa. Because of my heart is at peace, my physical body is also in good condition. My life consequently become more comfortable and peaceful. Về tâm linh, nhờ pháp môn quán âm, tôi đã biết thế nào là cảnh giới thiên đàn, thế nào là âm thanh, thế nào là hào quang của Phật và hiệu năng của những âm thanh, những ánh sáng ấy ra sao. With regards to spirituality, Thanks to the Wanji method, I now know about the kingdom of God, about Buddha's lights and sounds, and the power of these sounds and lights. Một điều mới mẻ với tôi sau này là tôi còn biết thế nào là hóa thân của một vị minh sư. Tại sao hóa thân của một vị minh sư là một điều cần thiết cho ta trong trường hợp nào có thể gặp được hóa thân đó? I also learned about the transformation of the master's body. And why is it important for us to see and how can we be able to see him or her? Những lúc tôi va chạm với công việc, những lúc tôi va chạm với những người xung quanh, những lúc tôi cô đơn nhất vì không ai có thể hiểu mình được như mình mong muốn, những lúc không ai có thể giúp tôi vượt qua được những khó khăn, trở ngại trước mặt là những lúc tôi cảm nhận được sự hiện diện của sư phụ tôi bên cạnh để an ủi, để vỗ về, hỗ trợ cũng như để dạy dỗ và khai sáng cho tôi. When I encountered friction at work, when I felt most lonely and no one around to help me to overcome the difficulties and obstacles, those were the times when I could feel Master's presence who came to com comfort and support me as well as to teach and guide me. Đây là những ấn chứng tu học đã giúp tôi qua được nhiều cám dỗ của trần cảnh và giúp tôi vun bồi niềm tin tu học thêm vững mạnh. Those were the experiences that helped me to overcome many challenges and seduction in this world and nourished me my spiritual practice. Tin tưởng vào pháp môn mình đang hành là một tránh giác. Tin tưởng vào người truyền pháp là một vị cứu tinh. I firmly believe that the method I'm practicing is the true path and that the teacher of this path is a messiah. Để một ngày không xa, tôi sẽ thoát khỏi những ràng buộc của tham sân si tại thế để vĩnh viễn an hưởng một cuộc sống tự tại giải thoát. One day I'll be free from the bondage of greed, hatred and ignorance and will enjoy eternally a contented and liberated life. Trước khi dứt lời, tôi xin hân hạnh giới thiệu đến quý vị người đã đem lại cho tôi một cuộc sống mới và cũng là sư phụ của chúng tôi 
Ngài Thanh Hải Vô Thượng Sư. Ladies and gentlemen, to end my speech, it is my honor to introduce you to our Supreme Master Ching Hai, the person who gave me a new life. Xin cảm ơn quý vị. Thank Con you, xin ladies. cảm ơn sư phụ. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Master. Thank you. On behalf of the disciple and the people who are gathering today, we sincerely ask the Master Ching Hai to uh, open uh, the lecture today. My dear brothers and sisters, especially Vietnamese brothers and sisters, please allow me to speak English because we are in America. Is that all right? So I wish you a very pleasant uh, evening together. We have always heard that the kingdom of God is within us and the Buddha nature is inside all of us. Now the Buddha nature and the so-called kingdom of God are not two different, different things. It is a different names to uh, define, to describe the same thing. It's just like in different language, we call flowers with different uh, intonation. If the kingdom of God, if uh, God is within us, why couldn't we find it? It is because we have forgotten how great we are how true happiness can be only found if we really know ourselves. Many people are happy. They think they're happy because they have a lot of money or they're proud to be in a very high social position. And we sometimes are proud of being very uh, educated have a vast knowledge of many things pertaining to life on earth. But these things are not permanent and not the whole knowledge of the universe. If somehow we can forget these ephemeral matters for time being and deeply contemplate on who we are and why we are here or what we are made of, then we'll be able to know our greatness or the kingdom of God which is within ourselves or the Buddha nature if you are allergic to God. If we want to be proud of ourselves, I think we should be proud properly because we are the greatest in the whole universe. And if we know that, then, and then we should truly be proud. 
But of course, after knowing ourselves, we do not feel any pride at all, because it is just a very normal affair. It's just like we have placed something in our pocket, and then now we rediscover it after searching all over the houses and couldn't find. True happiness do not uh, are not offered by the high, high position of the world, by the knowledge that we gain from books of from the society or from the possession that we have. But true happiness can only come with self-realization, with enlightenment. Then when we laugh, we truly laugh. And when we cry, we are truly touched. And all our emotions are worked out in a harmonious, natural, and perfect way, leaving our body and mind relieved of all burdens and unnecessary pressure, which causes a lot of our, um, how to say, unknown illnesses or many mental disturbances. And then when, after enlightenment, then when we understand something, we truly understand, very deep, very profound, very uh, satisfying. And then we truly know happiness, even though in life we still encounter a lot of difficulties, a lot of um, undesirable situation. But then, within ourselves, we are unshakable. We might shed tears, but we are not miserable. We are not weighed down by the misery, the sorrow that we encounter. We might laugh very heartily, but we will not be attached to the fleeting happiness which material world offers to us. We enjoy things, but we do not uh, possess them. We sympathize with people, but we do not bind them to us. We love everyone without feeling a possessive impulse that having to have to bind people around us all the time. This is then the true happiness. Many of us think that to attain the kingdom of God, it takes a very long time, or it is impossible. Only Jesus or Buddha can do it. But if we remember very clearly, in the Bible it is said that Jesus has stated that whatever I do, you can do, and you can do better. And the Buddha say, I am the already achieved uh, I have already achieved Buddhahood, and you 
will achieve Buddhahood. What is this? What is this Buddhahood or the Buddha nature? We can call this is the great intelligence, the great wisdom which inherent within all of us. And by rediscovery of this wisdom, there's nothing we cannot do, no space we cannot traverse, no task is too difficult. And we do things without effort. We can rescue many people from hell, we can bless the world with our spiritual light, and we can ascend to heaven whenever we wish. And even in our daily life, we will attain true happiness through having realized our wisdom. Our situation in life may change or not change, but still we have very deep happiness within us, which nothing, no situation can shake. We may appear, we may appear to be uh, shaken in some situations, but then within our soul, our heart, there will come forth, will radiate forth a very stable peace, very solid tranquility, which makes us happy and content in every situation. Sometimes in dealing with our daily affair, we cannot help to feel some frustration or uh, dissatisfaction. But still, if we are enlightened, we have a very different attitude because we know we know that God's will shall be done. We know that this word, however charming, however real it looks, it is only a shadow of the true word, which is within us, which is only one hairbreadth apart. And we can anytime walk back into that reality to console ourselves, to verify to ourselves that anything happened in this world is illusionary. And we have a choice not to stay within this dark world, because we do. This morning at uh, brunch time, <laughs> one of my disciples, Sit there, sat there with me and was chatting over his experiences. It's nothing much really, you might be surprised <laughs> and disappointed because he talked about hell, not heaven. <laughs> of course, he went to heaven other times too, and he told me already, but this morning I don't know why he talked about hell. <laughs> it was like this he uh, went to hell, probably out of curiosity to have a look. Probably he was fed up with heaven already since 
since he has been there many times. <laughs> so he wanted to have a change and uh, went to hell. Luckily, he didn't, went to, he didn't go to a very, very deep and horrible one, just a kind of outskirt of hell-like. So he went there and he saw that the streets were very small and dark, slippery and depressing. And the house is just similar to ours here, but very dull, very dark, very dim and no light. And the sky above, instead of blue and bright like our sky, is dark, is depressing, and there's no light in it. The houses are all covered with, uh, I'll say, with mosses, right? Yes, and it's uh, wet and dumb and very depressing. And as soon as he entered there, he felt such a depression, pressure in his soul that he wanted to cry, but he couldn't even cry. It was such a depression that he could not even cry out to relieve himself, and the tears would not even fall down. And he just felt like joking without anyone doing anything physically to him without anyone ever spoken anything, any abusive word to him. He just felt oppressed. And so he walked around there, opened his mouth, wanting to cry, but couldn't even cry out. Now he walked around there all the time, and then he remembered the method that I have taught him in such a situation. And then, of course, he made use of it. And then he felt better, and he came nearer and nearer to the, uh, the entrance. Uh, before he came to the entrance, there were, he came to a point where, he, where the road separated into two. One is going up bright, uh, let's say, wider road and brighter, go up, and the other one, go deeper underneath. It must be into a very a more more intensive care hell. It's just like hospital. Hell is a kind of hospital to uh, repair some peoples with um, perverted view about life and about heaven and earth and all that, which uh, is contrary to the truth. So there are some intensive care stations in that kind of hospital, which is very, very uh, depressive, a very suffering indeed. And sometimes it could go on a very long time if the person is very sick mentally or psychically. Now when he uh, encountered that uh, crossroad, and then he was very frightened and oppressed within his heart, so he prayed to the Master of Power. And then he was able to walk toward the lighter path. Otherwise, he was kind of rooted there <laughs> and feeling very, very frightened, very uh, depressed. Without anything happen to him, it is just the atmosphere in that hell that makes people depressed. 
without ever, ever doing anything. It's just like he was asking me why. Ah, so I kind of explained to him. I said, because the atmosphere is different from your own, therefore you couldn't bear it. If you go deeper, it would be terrible, probably not easy to come back. Just like uh, we are human beings, and if we happen to go underwater, we could bear it for a while, but still we feel the pressure of the volume of water above and about us, around us. Therefore, we couldn't bear it very long and we'd be suffocated without anything being done to us. Similarly, if a human being of a dignified standard goes to hell, have a look, then of course he will suffer this difference in consequence, in currents, in a vibratory currency, currents. Therefore, he felt very, very uncomfortable and near dying. If you like mountains are upon you and you couldn't move, you couldn't go, get away from it. This experience I know also. Sometimes when I have to go there for some reason, <laughs> maybe shopping, <laughs> to see who is a good soul to bring up. Shopping in hell can be very uncomfortable. But that was not a very deep hell. So now, when he turned to the wider and brighter road, he saw a very big gate. And outside the gate is a different world altogether. Bright, happy, clear, everything is normal and beautiful. Inside the gate is a world of darkness, of depression, of suffering. So just walk out of the gate and he be in the light. Of course, he saw many other things, but I don't think I would take up your time for this <laughs> evening because we are not uh, advertising hell tonight. Yes. You can laugh if you want, it doesn't matter. Huh? Express your <laughs> humor. So he walked out into the gate and then into the light. So simple is that. But then he even had to pray to the Master in order to walk out. You would think it's very easy, but it is not. If you go to such places, your feet seem to root there. And if we are not very highly virtuous, or if we don't have any reliable source of power besides us, it is not easy to get out. That's why most of the people, when they fall into the state of lower consciousness, like the so-called hell, they couldn't help themselves to get out. Even though it's just a door apart, they couldn't go out. And nobody was at the door to guard the door at all. But no one could ever walk out. They didn't think of walking out. The atmosphere was so binding, so uh, confining, that everyone was rooted inside and couldn't get out. Now we feel very depressing when we were there because we are human and we are not used to with such lower vibratory currents. Is that right, the correct English? It's okay? Yeah. It's just like the animals, for example, the, the pigs, pigs, yeah? They are very happy in their uh, then, and they 
rolling around in fields and all that, and they feel happy. But if we were to be in there for even a few minutes, we do not feel content, and we would like to walk out. So there are different levels of consciousness which manifest in different kind of word for different beings to satisfy their subconscious level of understanding. We can re regress for a while, not regressing, just probably go around in a different corner for a while. That may be darker than where we stand. That is the lower world of hell and all that. And we could walk into, uh, directly into the light, therefore step up our consciousness. It's all up to us. And if we could not do it ourselves, then we should try to find someone who has experience in such business, <laughs> and they will help us. Yes. Enlightenment immediately is no big deal, just a know-how, just like everything else in life. If we know how to operate a very complicated computer, it's very easy. For a layman, it's almost impossible. Immediate enlightenment, since ancient times, people already experienced. More so in this century, because uh, the, the media, the communication system are great, therefore we have all the good news available to mankind at large. Why is it so easy? to get enlightenment. It is because our nature is enlightenment, because we are wisdom, we are great. Therefore, it is said that God made man in his own image. Therefore, it is said that the Buddha and all sentient beings are equal, but the difference is that the Buddha knows it, knows his treasure, knows his wisdom, and can make use of it, and the other sentient beings do not know, are not yet, have not yet come to know. So if a sentient being knows these things, then he is immediately uh, merging within his own greatness or the Buddha nature. And then he will realize immediately or sooner or later how great he is, that he and the Father are one, then he is the Buddha. Somebody asked me, what's the difference between a God and a Buddha? Is there any difference? I say yes and no. Mm. Because all things come from God. This is the source of all beings. This is our own nature, the original source, before we were born into this physical world. Actually, we were never born. We were never born at all. It's just the different rooms that we have stepped in. Just like the story I have narrated before about our disciple who were first 
in the dark world and then came out into the light world, which is only one door apart. The Buddha is the God power that's manifested into a shape in order to guide us into the light. Jesus is also the same. He is a manifestation of God power on earth in order to remind us that we can be the same. Jesus and Buddha did not come here to make us worship them or to enjoy our glorification for them. They came here to show us that we can be the same, that we can be connected with God and be great as Buddha and Jesus. And we can walk back into the light where we have come from and not be deluded by this shadow of the real world, but that poor copy of the real things. I have made an example of a very beautiful girl, Miss Universe, for example. She would probably stand inside a room somewhere and the light was behind her and her shadow was on, on, the, on the floor. And someone was outside the room, just saw only the shadow and not the beautiful girl. Now, if he looked at the shadow, of course, it is kind of tortured and not beautiful. But even then, it probably seems beautiful enough. Maybe the nose was very high and the figure was a little very proportionate, etc. And probably we think, wow, what a beautiful shadow. But it's only a shadow. If we get to know the real girl, we would not marvel or attached to the shadow at all. And we would think, wow, this is truly what it should be. But because we do not step inside to find the real beauty, and we think, ah, the shadow is beautiful, but it's no good. It was twisted here and twisted there. The leg was too long, the head was too big, <laughs> etc. Because our shadows are like that. Our shadows are very poor image of the real things. Therefore, we should, we don't need to change the world. Because the world is only a shadow of the real thing. If we get to know the real one, then we do not care about the copy, about the shadow. That's how we gain detachment to the world. That's how we will be truly happy, because we discover something precious and real. And then nothing of the shadowy world could affect us anymore. Be it twisted, be it long, uh, or a very funny shape, representing uh, the misery and suffering of this world, we would not feel very disturbed because we know it is only a shadow. And as soon as the light was turned out, the shadow is gone, because only the real thing is forever there. 
The real girl is always there, whether the light is on or not on, whether the shadow is there or not. Therefore, God nature, the kingdom of God within, the real world exists all the time, eternally. What is destroyed, only the shadow of it. Just like when the light was off, was out, then the shadow of the beautiful girl also disappeared. Therefore, when we say we die or the world will be in, uh, I'll say the end of the world will come and a catastrophe and etc., uh, etc., et we, the practicers of Guanyin method, never worry because we know the real and the eternal world. Therefore, our life is bound to be always in happiness. Even though we apparently feel uh, no, show some kind of emotion, but that is only the waves on the sea surface. It's not the whole sea. And soon the waves will subside and go back into the sea, all tranquil, all great. Therefore, if we want to find true happiness in life, we should turn inward walk through that door that separates between the shadowy world and the real world. The door is here. We call that heavenly gate or the wisdom eye or the gate to nirvana, whatever you wish. We walk through that gate and we leave everything behind, everything that is unsatisfactorily unsatisfactory, everything that is false, illusory, and cause unhappiness, then we always know what true happiness is. Even if we do not search for the heaven, or even if we do not believe in heaven, at least our life here on earth would be very smooth, content, and happy the way it should be. The world is full of suffering. This is not God's making. It is not the Lord of Karma who makes trouble, as we have learned to know. It is not the law of cause and a retribution that make us sow what, uh, reap what we sow. It is our own ignorance of the real world that brings us all kind of unhappiness. We keep chasing the shadow and wanting it to be straight, to be more full, to be more beautiful, to be more proportionate. But it is only a shadow. If we get to know the real person, we care not what the shadow looks like. Is that not so? Similarly, if we know the real world, how beautiful, how eternal, how free of every disaster and suffering, we care not whether this ephemeral drama is uh, going on in, a, in which way, because we know it is a distorted picture, a projection of the real of the real and beautiful world.
Therefore, whatever it looks like, it doesn't concern us that much. But if we do not know, of course we always attach ourselves to the shadow and wanting it to be this and that and other, which is impossible. The shadow may be straight, may be uh, bended, may be twisted, may be long, may be short, according to the situation of the light that is behind the real object or above the real object, which is not important anyhow because the shadow is only a shadow. That's why it is ephemeral. That's why it is illusory and it should be so. So there's nothing big deal about the world, about our life, about our body, whether it stays here or it disappears one day at death. Because we, have, we could create plenty more. And the shadow may be short today, long tomorrow, but our body still remains the same, and that is important. So we must know our real self and not chasing after our shadow and wanting to change our shadow because it's useless. The shadow will always change and will always short-lived. In the daytime, in the morning, it's very long when you stand facing the sun or back in the sun. In the noontime, it became very short, <laughs> almost uh, identical on the ground, almost clinging to the shape of the body. In the afternoon, it's again long, again very long, or twisted, depends on the position of the sun. So why would we worry whether the shadows become like this or like that or the others? Because we know we are not the shadow. Therefore, after enlightenment, we know the real world. We walk through that door of darkness, separate between darkness and light, and then we know happiness. And then we're very stable. That's why most of our disciples are very happy. <laughs> Not because they gain more money. They may do, they may do. It could happen. Or not because they have better position, but that happened also, yes. <laughs> because <laughs> you, after we know the kingdom of God, all the things shall be added unto you anyhow as bonus because we have wisdom, we have illumination which shine on all things in a clearer and we see things in a better perspective. Therefore, things become just better automatically there's no magical power, nothing mythical about it. It's just like a person, he was laying ill all the time, so he was unable to fix his car or to do something in the house. But once he's strong again, yeah, he's clear in the head and he can eat, he can drink, then of course he can tackle many things easily. So our soul, our mental is being ill without enlightenment, without the proper food to care and nourish it. So after we have enlightenment, we had plenty of strength, and then everything we can do automatically, using the greatest wisdom instead of using only the little limited computer brain. Therefore, of course, everything will be better our life will become brighter, happier, and 
everything we do will be smoother. Not talking about that we have the transformation body of the Master who always help us and sometimes tell us what to do. If we are not yet reach the highest state of realization and not in possession of our whole wisdom, so we cannot be anything but happy. We can't escape from happiness. And that's the reason why our disciples, our fellow practitioners are shining. <laughs> doesn't matter in which walk of life and in which position they are. Deep down within them, they have this happiness. They will be the best citizen of the world. We will miss our, their company. Good, thank you. <laughs> oh. So, whether we want to go to heaven or we just want to be a good citizen of the world, enlightenment is a must because it is our birthright, our possession. And if we deny that right, it is very pitiful for us. Why should we not make use of our treasure when we have it? And instead of going out begging for uh, a morsel or two of food on the street, if we have the treasure, great treasure, limitless, why don't we make use of it? And it is so easy. It's not that we have to go and begging for something or do something about it. Just sit at home. And then we have everything. Therefore, we invite you to know yourselves. We invite you to return to your own greatness in order to bless yourself, bless the world, bless the hell people, and ascend to a higher level of world, higher level of consciousness when we finish our duty on earth. That we can do easily through a definite uh, method. And thousands, millions, trillions of people have already tried and have succeed, succeeded. So you may also try. Even children can do it. No one would be denied of this privilege. And I'm always there for your convenience and for anything you need at all. Thank you for your loving attention. And now you may ask question. Will there be world peace? The world is already in peace. We are not at peace. Next question. Dear Master, when we have a few problems, how do we know which one is fixed karma and which one is master testing? Which one is priority? Second question. Lao Tzu's... No, one, one, one at a time, please. Okay, I'm sorry. Which one is karma and which one is testing? Right. Um, actually, there's no testing for us. We test ourselves. Just like when we... Uh, 
When we have some hardship, we say, oh, God has tested me. <laughs> this is not true. It is because of our karma, because of our tendency toward negative way that we experience hardship. Hmm? So the only way is that to turn back to the positive, and then we experience different way. We can uh, do it by self-discipline or by prayer, and then we turn everything into better way. Whether it's karma or God testing, it will be better. Next question. Lao Tzu said, the more you know, the less you understand. Understanding comes from meditation. Do we need to continue reading scripture to collect more knowledge? You can if you want to, but the true knowledge is from within and is not from books. But books can inspire us to a nobler idea, to a better way to follow. But if we stop at the book level, then we are only attaining the worldly knowledge and the intellectual level, and we couldn't pass through into the uh, non-knowing knowledge. Just like Lao Tzu say, the more you know, the less you understand. You know, what he meant is, what we know in this world, we do not truly understand the real meaning, and we do not understand the truth. When you meditate, can you sit for the first five minutes to meditate without having no distraction? Is this true? And if so, how can you prove it? You can not only sit five minutes without distraction, but you can sit for five hours, sometimes five days, five months even, if you have the chance to learn how to do it. And if you have nothing else to do during this time, you can enter into samadhi and forget every other things. That is possible. I don't need to prove it. Many of the people from ancient times up to now have done these things, and my disciple can do them. There's no big deal about sitting five minutes. Probably you never sit before. That's why you do not know such things are possible. But we can show you. Of course, it is different uh, between uh, different people, but it is five minutes is nothing. The key to a happy life, what does it really mean to you? I thought that the only key to a happy life is depend upon yourself and how you live your life the way you want it. Is this necessarily true? It's not the way we live. It's not uh, that we live our life the way we want it, which brings happiness. This is most often bring disasters. If we live our life the correct way, yes, then we are free. And then, of course, we will be happy. Not the what we want, okay? In everything, there is some just uh, judgment and some kind of uh, definite uh, way. For example, we say, I have a car, I can drive anywhere I want. <laughs> that would bring problems. But if we drive within the proper road and with the proper attention, then of course we'll be in our destination very fast. If we run all over places, 
we bring trouble to ourselves, even though we call that freedom. Freedom without uh, discipline will bring disaster. And the way many of us lead our life brings misery, as you see all around you. Therefore, there is a definite way to lead our lives in order to have true and lasting happiness. That is the life of a gentleman. That is the life of the sage who does things according to the universal harmony and not according to the dictation of the restless mind. Why are some people in hell? Is it from their thoughts, actions? How can we help them and ourselves? People go to hell because they are sick. They are not healthy in their thought, deeds and action. They have done something below human dignity and standard because they do not understand better. Therefore, they are sick mentally. Therefore, they have to be treated in that special ward for intensive treatment. That's called hell. Very is a suffering. Just like when we have a, a very uh, grave illness, we have to be admitted to the hospital and the uh, doctors for curing us give us a lot of medicine, injection, sometimes cut our body into pieces in order to cure us, but that causes suffering. And in order to help them, first you must help yourself, be enlightened, and then you can walk to hell and rescue them. Otherwise, it's very difficult to reason with them. It's already difficult enough to reason to the people in the world <laughs> who is not so much in a very dark state of understanding. Um, next question. When will I consciously enter samadhi? When? Or when you enter, then you will enter <laughs> and you will know it when you're very deep within yourself, emerging within your own great virtues and wisdom. At that time, we have free, we are free from the body, and we could sit there not moving for many hours on end, or many days even. It depends on how deep we are within. That is when we are consciously enter uh, samadhi state. Next question. I've eaten meat most of my life, but I've now re recently stopped for good. I will no longer eat any meat, poultry, eggs, or dairy products. My question is, how can I rid myself of the toxins and guilt and resentment that I feel from my past actions? Just forgive yourself. Hmm? No problem. Whatever we have done in the past is already past. What now and the future is important. Just like when a child, he was very young, he didn't know what's what. He walked all over a beautiful clothes or he put everything dirty in his mouth. But now he grows up, he doesn't do it anymore. And nobody would scold him or blame him for what he has done as a child. 
Now, in our state of, in our different stages of development in consciousness, maybe we have done something that we should not have done, but we were only student, we were learning all the time, and if we know it is improper proper, and we stop it, this is already excellent. You should congratulate yourself, you should be proud of yourself and love yourself more for being able to understand this. Instead of feeling guilty and blaming yourself, it's unnecessary. Next question. As kids go through today's educational systems, how can parents guide them in learning and growing toward the Kuan Yin method? How can children get, the, get less pollutions from modern world? You have to set an example. First, be a shining example, then the children will follow. No need to force them. One example is better than 20 years of talk. Next question. Death is supposed to be the happiest moment. How can that be? When a person dies, you said that your spirit would come and make the individual forget of their loved one so that they would leave this world. Isn't that a cruel thing to do? How do you go about doing, th doing this thing? Is it? Hmm? Is this a very cruel thing to do? Should I make them remember their loved one and linger in the world and cry together all year round because they couldn't do anything about it anymore? Is that better? Is that better? Yes or no? Okay, thank you. Next question. Is being ambitious wrong or bad? Being what? Ambitious. ambitious. No, no, it's not bad, it's not wrong. It's wrong to be wishing unsuccessful life because God has placed us here to do something. So whatever we are gifted with or whatever uh, business we undertake, we must do it wholeheartedly until we, success, uh, until we succeed. Of course, if we do not succeed, then we try again, yes? But do not think that uh, whatever we do, if we are ambitious, this is no good. We have to be ambitious, yes? Otherwise, the world will go under. If nobody is ambitious and, uh, how to say, attentive to his uh, enterprise. Is there any place here, Los Angeles, where to go in order to follow the path of enlightenment? Why you ask me? You are the one who stays here. I'm a foreigner. <laughs> if you want to join us, then of course we have a place here in Los Angeles. And after initiation, you could go there for more information or meditating together. But if you would like to ask for other places in town, then please look into the Telephone book, all right? Next question. Is magic an acceptable way for gaining enlightenment? It's not a good tool. It's not a good tool. Because it will bind us to the ego pleasure. 
and that we can do this, uh, that we can turn, uh, move the object, that we can, uh, how say, make things disappear, all that affords us a very, uh, how say, kind of uh, uh, mental pleasure, which binds us to the mental level of consciousness and couldn't go higher. Therefore, magic is not regarded as a very good way to show off our enlightenment or through which to attain enlightenment because we will stop at the rather lower level. The Buddha also uh, discouraged the use of, marriage, uh, of magic. That's why he has often told his disciple uh, not to use magical power. But one of his disciples, being too proud of his achievement in magical field, often made use of them and so ended in a very tragic death. Uh, Jesus also made a few miracles or two when he was forced to do it, but there was, he was very reluctant. Therefore, he didn't go around and make all the dead become <laughs> back, come back to life again, or rise all the, uh, cure all the sick, or uh, heal all the blind. You see, he only did uh, occasionally when it was absolutely necessary without feeling proud or accrediting uh, the power to himself. Therefore, he said, oh, your faith has healed you. Or, uh, I say, it's the Father in me that does, etc. And he never go around and do it all the time just to show off. It is very clear that enlightened people always adhere to the rule of the universe and respect the law of nature without interfering too much for their own ego's sake. Dear Master, thank you for enlightening me that this world is just an illusion and all human accomplishment, material, material rich, richness are meaningless. My question is, if this is the case, though this means that we need not worry about the beautifulness of this land by not abusing the environment, and we need not waste our mind to search for solution to solve the social illness, in order to make this a more peaceful world? No, no. No, no. Enlightenment will help us to know how to do it better only, to do it better. And we do it without much effort, and we had better results. In our meditation centers around the world, things are kept tidy, beautiful. We plant the trees. We don't allow pollution and uh, litter, litters around our center. We keep our body, spirit, and mind clean. And I love spotless cleanliness. Every disciples know this. So, also we plant trees and we plant grasses and we do whatever possible to beautify our world. Also, I told the disciple they can beautify their body also to make them look more. <laughs> I would say, having a little bit more, uh, I would say, happy face. And they, if they have beautiful clothes, they can wear them. I didn't tell them to go in rags or <laughs> to eat grass instead of go to work. This is not true. We are very practical, but in a very enlightened way. 
Therefore, we do things better, we are more beautiful, and we enjoy the world, but we are not attached to the world. We do things better than before, okay? I would like to know more how to live a happy life, and I have a peace of mind. I am very bored of this life and not happy. No matter what I do, I need spiritual help to be happy and lead a happy life. Thank you. Yes, go and get initiation. Hmm? <laughs> how many hours per day should I medit meditate in order to get out of this earth in this lifetime? It's, uh, it doesn't depend on how many hours we meditate, actually, because some people just sit five minutes and then they are out of the body for a short time and then come back again to work, uh, gathering better information from a real world in order to serve this world, even though it's ephemeral. But because we are here for some purpose, therefore we continue to serve the world. But in a wise way, after we know what to do, after we enter the true world and know how to correct the shadow to suit our taste. If, you, if we want to have true happiness, I already told you, hmm? happiness can only come when we know the true world is always in a happy state. And if we are chasing happiness in this world, sometimes we have them, sometimes we don't, and most often we don't. And if we do have happiness, it brings sorrow afterward, or it is very short-lived. Is the quantum method the only way to achieve happiness and enlightenment? You could say it's the last way, <laughs> the last steps of any way at all. It's just like, doesn't matter what kind of food we cook and how much vegetable we chop them together, the last thing is to eat it. <laughs> so quantum method is a prepared meal for your spirit. Therefore, of course, it's the best. <laughs> if our true home is with the Lord, why and what motivated our souls to come into the creation? Oh, just we, because we wander around. Just like my disciple this morning, he went to hell, just have a look. He didn't have to. He wanted to. Hmm? We wanted to experience different things. And why not? Why not? Eh? It's fine. But just remember to go home afterward. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Master, I like to devote my full time toward achieving Buddhahood like you did, such that I can serve humanity more efficiently like you do. Please suggest, help me as to what can I do to accelerate the process. First, we have to get enlightenment, eh? and then later we continue to get more enlightened. And then, if uh, God's willing that we should serve the world, and in which way, that will be determined later. Hmm? It's too early to talk about uh, securing the thieves, <laughs> uh, guarding the thieves, before we have any possession. 
For years, many re religions, e.g. Catholicism, Hinduism, Buddhism, have existed. On the contrary, your group has only come to existence recently. What principles in your meditation group preclude the other religious religions as ac acceptable? So, hmm? do we have to be 10,000 years old in order to prove it to you that it is effective? We have ships, we have cars which existed before I was born. But are these better than today's airplane? Huh? You're talking nonsense. Besides, we are not against any religion. We just bring forth to you the essence of all religions to make you know that all religions are one and pointing to the same truth. And if you don't know that truth, no, no religion will help you. It doesn't matter if you follow ten religions or one. Dear Master, if Jesus and Buddha had all the powers of God, why did they not use it? Why did not Jesus save himself from death? Why can't they use their powers? Because he didn't have to. He didn't want to. For him, life and death, it's just a matter of walking to a different room. Why should he resist one room and not the other? Why should he attach himself to one room and not to the other? Our rooms are his. He walk in, walk out anytime he wants. Besides, only his body die, he never die. If you meditate with us in Quantum Method, you can contact him, can talk to him. He will teach you many things. The dying is only the ephemeral clothes, just like I wear different clothes yesterday, today I wear these clothes. I change anytime I want. And that doesn't affect me, the real person who wears it. Therefore, Christ never died. That is a very great misunderstanding. Buddha never died. Many of our disciples still see Buddha and Christ nowadays. Any day. They sit in meditation, they can learn with them, learn the truth from true master, not from scriptures alone. Would you please explain why does your teaching contradict with the teaching of Jesus? In the Bible, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It is an exclusive claim. It's only one way to God is through Jesus and not many ways. Fine. And where is he now? I want to go with him and through him. If he is the only way, tell him to stay here and never move. If he moved away, how can I go? If he is the only way and he's gone. He says one more sentence besides that. You forgot. I am the light and the way, the only, I am the light and the way of the world as long as I am in the world. How do you, Master Ching Hai, bear 
all our karma. Did Jesus not uh, already die for all our sins? If we are such great beings, why did Jesus have to die for our sins? All right. We are great inside, but the things we do outside is not always great. And that weighs down on our conscience, make us feel guilty and uneasy. And that is what we call karma, that what binds us in the suffering world. And Jesus liberates us from this feeling when he was around, you see. Otherwise, you can see even Jesus died, and if you believe that he died for the whole world, then he, he died a wasteful death because we are still suffering here and ignorant. Right? So he died at that time for his disciples, for the one who believed him at that time. And after he, there is comforter who will come. He's a different master of different time. So we have to go to the living teacher and worship the pass away master, but not to wait for him because his job is done. Yeah? Are you the master? Oh, I see, see. I see. I have not answered him fully. He asked that, how do I clean the karma of the disciple also, right? From us, is that right? Uh, he asked how do me you, also. Master Jing Hai, bear all your karma? Bear? How As, do? Uh, how Again. do you, Master Jing Hai, bear all our karma? Uh, our karma, yes, that's it, that's it. Well, this is my business. <laughs> If you go to the garbage collectors and ask him, <laughs> how do you do it? Why do you do it? It's his job, right? You don't worry about my job, okay? <laughs> Are you the Messiah? Huh? Oh. Messiah, I'm sorry. Oh, this is up to you, huh? It's up to you to answer, to verify it. Because if I say yes, you might not believe me, might crucify me even. If I say no, then what am I here for? If a person is devoted to the, uh, their religion, say Christianity or Buddhism, would it be necessary to receive initiation and practice the quantum method? Can they find their hidden true self through their own religion? Oh, if you can, then you don't need. But if you haven't, then you do. Doesn't matter if you're Buddhist or Christian or what. Uh, finding the true self will make you become a best, better Christian, a better Buddhist. That is all. Because you know the true Buddha nature and you know the true Christianity within you. Hmm? Otherwise, the Christian tell us that be you perfect as your Father in heaven, who is perfect. But are you yet a perfect Christian? Never mind about perfect Father, uh, perfect as Father in heaven. So the Buddha say, you will, have, you will become the Buddha. You have to know your Buddha nature. Do you know the Buddha nature yet? Have you know anything about Buddhahood yet? If not, then come to me. Hmm? What are the differences among your world, 
Buddha's world and God's world in your unique way. Thank you, Master. We have the same world. Huh? When you go up, you will see Buddha also. If you wish to see him, you will see Christ if you have affinity with him or longing for him. And uh, this is our world, the world of the masters. And masters included Buddha, Jesus, etc. Mm, but sometimes I told you that you, if you wish to see Jesus, you might see him, or wish to see Buddha, you might see him. But it's sometimes it's not like that. Actually, I have to add, because God is humorous. <laughs> because sometimes during initiation, the people sit during the transmission in quiet and no, no talking, because no talking in initiation, huh? only silence, transmission. And some Muslim would see Buddha, and some Christian would see Buddha, or some Buddhist would see, uh, how to say, Jesus, <laughs> without wishing to do so. Uh, therefore, God sometimes makes jokes. Yeah? <laughs> How to fight and stop anger? Just stop it. <laughs> it's difficult. And sometimes anger is also justified if you do it in a cool spirit, in a view of beneficial to the opposite uh, person instead of do it with hatred. For example, your children, when they are very naughty and they repeatedly do things that they do not, uh, they should not do. And being a responsible parents, you have to teach them a better behavior. So sometimes you fake anger, or you truly feel, you truly uh, show you're angry. That sometimes is beneficial to the children. So it's all right. Uh, you have to look at the situation because sometimes. Sometimes uh, in a justified situation, if you do not show a proper attitude, be it be anger or be it be concerned, then the people may not even understand, may not even know what you mean, and they continue in their way with hurting both parties. Yeah? So it's just, we have to, to know with wisdom, not always judging what is wrong and what is uh, right. Is there a connection between the rising violence in human societies and the increasing killings of animals for food? Have these animals with a strong desire for vengeance come back to our society by way of reincarnation to make mankind suffer through violence and chaos? Well, you answer yourself by the question. In the Buddhist doctrines, and the Buddha said that uh, killing animals, uh, eating meat, etc., will breed wars and uh, uh, vampire kind of atmosphere. And these, in turn, will harm sentient beings, eating sentient beings' flesh, etc. By, uh, you see, during the war, many people were killed anyhow. So that is also a kind of vampiring, huh? eating people's flesh. Therefore, it is undesirable to have animals killed for our animal body. <laughs> Dear Master, your disciple before said that if one initiated by you, he and his karma for at least five generations will be erased. 
Could you explain to us about this further and how is it possible? Sincerely. Mm. You see, we came into this world and having many relatives and friends because we have things, karmic bonds with each other, forgive and take. Therefore, if one person is enlightened and enter into the circle of sainthood of this great mercy and grace, then other people, the beloved one, will be also poured inside because you have nothing more to give and take with each other. They were only there because of you were there. And now you are gone, they can be gone with you. Also, God is merciful. Whoever, whomever you love or cares for, He will take that person into consideration also because of the bloodline, blood connection. And the karma, however heavy, will be erased because God's power is greater than anything, greater, greater, infinitely great. Therefore, a little karma, however great, makes nothing in the infinity of God's mercy. Understand? We turn to God and we're taken care of. Everything we have done in the past, forgiven. Otherwise, how would we call Him God? Huh? Right? Okay. If this world is but a shadow, then is the fight to conserve it worth our efforts. But what else should we do here to pass our time? Anyhow, right? Even though we know the drama or the movie uh, picture are only temporary eh? and only uh, a short span of time, but should you go and tear the silver screen off or what? Eh? Since we are in the movie theater, we watch it and enjoy it. All right? <laughs> That's it. Dear Master, I was told the truth is very simple. How simple is it? <laughs> when you get initiation, you know. It's simple like that. Hmm? Because we already have it within us, and language cannot describe the things that is so abstract, but very powerful. Therefore, we just have to know it. Just like uh, drinking water is very simple. How simple it is, just drink it, then you know. Otherwise... <laughs> what, is, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> Don't you know it by now? Hmm? If you can write this question, you would have known it already. <laughs> Life, apparently, just a bundle of experiences, from suffering to happiness, from existence to nullifying. But the true life is beyond all this ordinary comprehension. We have to step into the invisible gate that separates us from our true nature, and then we know what is the true meaning of life. 
Otherwise, I can elaborate it for all day long. What is the use to you? What does it serve? Right? Hmm. If we find our life are meaningless, can we be born again? <laughs> if it's already meaningless, why are you born again? What for? It's a meaningless question. <laughs> Come. If we and the Father are one, so we are God and Buddha. Why are living master necessary? If the powers of God is within us, why are we not our own living master? Right. That's what I want to ask you. Why are you not your own living master? Instead, living in the, in the life of ignorance, miserable, and know nothing about life and death, know nothing about the Father who you want to be one with. Do you ever see Him yet? See Him first and then be one with Him. All right? If you didn't see him yet, come and let me help you. Hmm? Dear Master, we are normally not knowing our previous lives. Hmm. So how do we know our progress in the following lives? We can know if we want to. In the second world, in the second level of existence, we have a a place called Akashic Library. And then uh, if you go there, you can have a look, a glimpse into your past and future, if you want to. And you can do that by any kind of meditational practice or by deep prayer also. And by Kuan Yin Method, you will also pass by there. If you're interested to know your past life, you can have a peep inside. But I'm afraid after that you will only be interested to know about the future, <laughs> the present, yeah, and the future. Mm. Mm. Knowing the past life is not that necessary. That's why God draws the curtain and don't let us see to uh, minimize our suffering still. Mm. It is better to go far into the future and not regress into the past, all right? What are humans' roles in this world? Eat, sleep, raise children, and die. <laughs> huh? Is that not so? <laughs> All of the people, most of the people do it. So if you don't want to be like that, get enlightenment. It's very cute. The questions are very cute. <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> Is there any value to hearing the various sounds as, as the chakras open? If yes, what is the, the value? Uh, what benefits is there to our body or spirit? Mm. The sound is the word of God. It's the teaching of the Buddha in silence with our language. The more we hear them, uh, hear it, the wiser we become, the happier we will be, and the more beneficial to the world. Understand? Hmm? Why do we have to go through this world to reach enlightenment? Why couldn't we exist initially enlightened? Mm, because we already come here. 
So we have to go back. That's it. If we were there, then we were there. <laughs> All right? We already walked through this door, so later you have to walk back out again to find your car. Hmm? Dear Master, all things come from Buddha nature. If so, is there real free will or free choice? No. We just dream that we have free choice and we make a lot of mess <laughs> with this free choice, which we should give up in the beginning anyhow. But we can only do that with sincere devotion to God or whomever we believe in. And we can only do that through enlightenment, because then we know it's not we who do things. Understand? It is the universal plan. And then we will not reject our job, we will not throw away our, children, uh, our wife or children or get divorced or anything. We will know what it is and we will lead a more contented and happy life. How is thought formed and entering the mind? Oh, but uh, wait, wait, I elaborate further because otherwise you think it's so easy to say <laughs> without free will. You see, free will is this. For example, God's plan is that I have to put my umbrella here, okay? Then now I don't like to put it there. Why should I put it there? I feel that I should put it there, but I put it there. Why not? Okay? Okay, then now, now I upset the environment and our plan for a while. And then I feel very uncomfortable and my umbrella will break over there and I don't know why. If I had put it there, it wouldn't be broken. So now, eventually, I will have to bring it back and put it there. Now, suppose you divorce your wife or your husband or reject your job and thinking, now I'm free. That's it. Fantastic. I'll take the matter into my hand and now I'm free of her or him. Ah, and you think you have done decisive thing and very wise. And what happened? Maybe a few days or a few months later, you will meet someone else, maybe worse than that one. <laughs> so the experience you have to go through anyhow. Maybe you think you have changed it, but no, it just postponed it. Or maybe God let you turn around the corner but go back to the same road again. Understand? <laughs> how, how is thought formed and entering the mind? Because you open your mind <laughs> and let them enter. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> you see, our mind is like a computer, a brain computer system, and any time it picks up anything, if we do not take care to guard it or to select the better information for our use by a special attention and uh, technique, then of course we pick up all kinds of things, good or bad, and then accordingly we react later on positively or negatively in our life and reap the result. Hmm? If you have received in initiation, can you back out? Is there any punishment for doing so? Yes. You punish yourself for not getting further enlightenment. That's a grave enough, hmm? graver than any other punishment. To deny ourselves of wisdom, 
to deprive ourselves of the greatest privilege in heaven. That is the greatest punishment already. I will not do anything to you. Hmm? You have punished enough, okay? Can a, a very sinful person meditate and be enlightened? Yes, yes. Many of our senior ladies and gentlemen, they're very simple. Many of our children of six, ten, twelve, they're very simple, but they all get enlightenment. If you do it correctly, yeah? Well, we will teach you how. Could you explain your understanding towards physical immortality? Some religions consider the, the body is something dirty, no value, and almost something rejected. And what shall I do about it? So, should you kill yourself to be pure or what? Hmm? Should we get killed immediately after initiation <laughs> and go to heaven? Actually, the body comes from the great self also. Everything comes from God. Pure or impure depends on our attitude and depends on our, uh, how we make use of it, you see? Without the body, how can we get enlightenment and how can we bless the world? And how can we love and be loved by others? So the body, when used right, rightly, it is a blessing. It is as pure as anything else. But if we abuse it, indulge it in sensual pleasures without turning to the real body within, to know some more noble purposes of human life, then of course the body is just a very impure, very filthy vessel and is fit only to be thrown away as soon as possible. Hmm? Why is Huan Yin the greatest method of enlightenment? How can I do to start it? Any requirements or preparation needed? It is the greatest because it uh, shows us enlightenment and the true way of life. And all you have to do is uh, put your name down in the information desk outside and then we will call you after I finish with this work. Uh, it's very simple. No, uh, prepared, no preparation needed. And just after today, you should replace the beefsteak with tofu. <laughs> How was a human first created? <laughs> Don't ask me. Huh? You go and ask God. I show you the way to go to Him and then you ask Him, all right? It's none of my business. <laughs> In Christianity, a murderer can be forgiven if he believes in God. In Buddhism, can one get enlightened or forgiven if he has been sick, lied, and cheated, and or committed a crime? Sure. When Buddha was alive, there was a person who killed 99 human beings, and he wanted to kill the Buddha also to make it 100. And then the Buddha forgave him and he was enlightened and he became our heart. 
in no time. So in every religion, it is the same. Love prevails. Love is above everything. All right? Above all law. Finished? That's finished. Wow, That's thanks, God. Finished.